welcome to the inaugural episode of Sports Bar Talk. Yes, this is a new podcast we are launching here today from the comforts of my home in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. My name is Alex. I am an aspiring sports broadcaster studying sports broadcasting at Westminster College. Go Titans! And this is Sports Bar Talk, where we got the best seat in the house. This podcast is not going to focus on what you might think we're going to focus on. We're not going to be talking about certain sports bars. We're going to be talking about sports, and we're going to be covering sports and recap. This is a once a week podcast. We're going to dive into everything sports related, and we're also going to talk about a food of the week. I will get into that later. It's a pretty good food, too. If you're from Philadelphia, you will love this food. But let's jump in to sports, and we're going to start with the UFC. Yes, the Ultimate Fighting Championships, where Fight Island is real. Oh, my goodness. A lot of people thought it wasn't going to be real. Uh, I for sure thought it'd be real. The big debate was, is it real? Where is it at? Turns out Dana White announced on first take the other day that it is real. It is going to be happening on Yaz Island, right off the coast of Abu Dhabi. Fighters are going to be, it, it looks pretty cool. Fighters are going to have, they're going to have like four or five hotels for fighters and their quick camp. They're going to have a ton of gyms to train. They're going to have a ton of restaurants and dining options to eat at. And their arena and the and slash octagon is literally on the beach. It is quite simply something we may never see in sports again. And Dana White said this is temporary, so Dana is putting... The first card is UFC 251, July 11th, and it's a good card, but we'll dump into that in a bit. And then he's going to put together cards for Fight Island on the 18th, 25th, and 27th. So four cards to start off with on Fight Island. Now, I think it's the 27th. I know there's a couple midweek cards in there, but it's four total to start. And then I think they'll probably have a couple in August. And, you know, the reason Dana started Fight Island was for his international fighters. So they can find a way to fight. You uh, probably, you probably know, would know. He's been putting cards on since May. Tried to put a card on in April. The California governor, Gavin Newsom, overrid the event. A card was supposed to take place at Taki Palace in California on tribal lands. Uh, but Dana's been putting cards on. He put the cards on in Jacksonville. And he's been using the UFC Apex, which is in the UFC headquarters in Vegas. He's primarily using the Apex for his uh, domestic fighters. Um, And Fight Island will be for the international fighters or the fighters that can't travel into America right now because of the coronavirus. So, but the first card he's putting on in Fight Island, oh my goodness. They've only announced the main card, and I will pull it up here in a minute, but... The three title, three title fights on this card, on the main card. It you'll want to spend the seventy dollars on it. So here is the main card, and we're gonna start first. It starts out with two women's fights. You've got Amanda Rebos versus Paige Fanzant at women's flyweight. Then at women's strawweight, you're gonna have the rematch of UFC 237, I believe, between Jessica Andras and Rose Namajunas, aka. Thug Rose. And then we have the title fight. So, the Bantamweight 
weight class in the UFC men's bantamweight has been in limbo ever since Henry Cejudo shocked everyone and retired at UFC 249 back in May. Uh, and it did the picture for the bantamweight weight class didn't clear up much from the UFC 250 card on Saturday. But we do have a title fight. Petr Jan, the Russian, taking on Jose Otto, who actually, when our UFC 249 originally got announced that it was going to be in May in Brazil, was supposed to fight Henry Cejudo for that bantamweight strap. So, Otto gets his wish. He's going to be able to fight for the bantamweight strap against Petr Jan. And the winner of that, who knows who he'll face. He'll face either Aljermaine Sterling or Cody Garbrandt or even Sugar Sean O'Malley. I don't know. The bantamweight picture, that's a conversation for another day. Then we have the featherweight title fight in the co-main event and it's a rematch of their last fight in December when Alexander Volkanovsky took the belt away from Max Holloway now Holloway will come into the fight as the challenger and he's going to look to take the belt back from Alexander Volkanovsky that will be a good fight I know Volkanovsky shocked a lot of people you know I'm forgetting I did watch the fight I think it was either a submission win for Volkanovsky or it went through a decision I think it was a Volkanovski submission, but don't quote me on that. And then, the main event, the welterweight title, Kamaru Usman versus Gilbert Burns. And you know, this welterweight picture before Cejudo retired, the welterweight division was pretty much the toughest. The, the You didn't get much clarity out of who would come out as the number one contender to fight Usman in the division. There were talks, McGregor, Jorge Masvidal, even maybe Colby Covington again, who Usman beat back in December. There was no real clarity. And actually, Masvidal, I'm sure you all have heard about the fighter pay stuff that McGregor, Conor McGregor actually retired for the fourth time. I think he's going to come out of retirement again. About John Jones talking about how he'll vacate his like heavyweight belt. And Masvidal's talked about it, asking even going as far as potentially asking for his release. From the promotion. So. Masvidal was actually offered the fight. But because of the money dispute. He actually got offered the fight Usman. More, the same amount or even more. As he fought Nate Diaz back in November. For the BMF belt. Baddest damn effort. Um, but Gilbert Burns. His last two fights have been great. He beat, defeated Damian Maya. And he defeated Tyron Woodley. The former welterweight holder. So he kind of comes in and steals. The, his opportunity to win the get the belt and he will fight Usman in the main event we'll preview this whole card when we get closer it's July 11th it's actually exactly one month from today and they haven't even announced the prelims yet and you know with ESPN now aboard as the UFC as the uh, US TV home of the UFC they like to make their prelim cards big and they like to make their main event per se on the pre on the ESPN portion of the card get at least a big-name fighter. Like, for UFC 249, they had Pettis and Cerrone, which easily could have been on the main card, but they wanted to have a good high-profile fight on their ESPN portion. But that's enough of the UFC for now. We have some sports returning we've got. First, we'll start with the National Basketball Association. You've got the NBA coming back officially on July 31st. They're coming to Disney World. At least 22 of the, or it's 22 of the 30 teams are coming back. They're gonna do a little 17 game regular season from uh, July 31st to around August 16th or 17th, and then if there's 
they're gonna they're potentially gonna do a playing tournament to determine the last two spots in the Western Conference and even maybe the Eastern Conference because I'm pretty sure the Wizards are the only team that got invited from the Eastern Conference that was not currently in the playoff picture. So it's all the teams that are current were currently in the playoffs when the season shut down. Um, and I could probably get a list of teams for you real quick. I know the Pelican of the non-playoff teams coming in. The Pelicans are coming with Zion, so that'll bring ratings. Portland Trailblazers. Uh, I'm unfortunately no Golden State Warriors. So Curry will not be coming. Oh, we got some news coming in. NBA wants to come back now July 30th instead of the 31st. I literally just, this just popped up on my computer. So some breaking news. It's not the 31st no more. It's the 30th they're going to come back. It looks like according Woj, I guess, is tweeted something out. Yes. So here's what uh, Rob Goldberg of Bleacher Report and Woj are saying. July 31st, the league would initially start in Disney. 22 teams will return the action for eight regular season games. Okay, not 17. I don't know why I said that. And the NBA Finals was supposed to go to October 12th at the latest. That's when the pre- pre- Game 7 would potentially be. The draft will be on October 15th. And they want to start the 2020-21 season December 1st. That would be based on a July 31st restart. But this might change now to July 30th if everything could be moved up a day. And my guess, my only assumption for this would be, you know, the second wave of COVID coming. I know a lot of school colleges are starting early, so maybe they want to get this season going now while they have a chance. It won't change many plans moving it up one day, but I, that just popped up. That was very interesting. So, so, so we got some breaking news on the podcast. Uh, the other sport that's co- By the way, we should mention... NBA is coming back at the uh, Wild World of Sports Complex at Disney World, so that is fun. The other sport that's also returning on—they're starting on July. They're also going to be in Disney. Major League Soccer, yes, soccer is coming back. All 26 now. They were into their second week of play when their season shut down, so not. So they had kind of had time to go with this. And normally, Major League Soccer goes until November or December. When you factor in their playoffs. So, all 20, according here to Jeff Carlisle, U.S. soccer correspondent for ESPN.com, all 26 Major League Soccer teams will participate in the competition, which will be held at Disney at the Wide World of Sports. By the way, here's an important thing about this. ESPN is has the TV rights to the NBA Finals and the NBA, and they also have right share the uh, MLS TV rights with Fox. So, and they're going to Disney, which owns ESPN, so there might have been some leverage there. Um, so, and the cool thing about the MLS season, they're not jumping right back in the regular season. They're going to do a World Cup-style tournament. They're going to, it will consist of a group stage, each team playing three matches, followed by a knockout stage, and August 11th will be the final. And they're going to somehow divvy it up for... For some, the count towards regular season points and wins. I don't know that for sure. And then they're going to hopefully, once this tournament's done, resume the regular season or an abbreviated version of it in home markets. 
so it looks like 54 t games total will be played over four weeks. MLS plans to continue its regular season with a revised schedule in home markets, followed by the MLS Cup playoffs and the 25th ever MLS Cup. Dates are still determined for playoffs in the MLS Cup, and the final number of matches and schedule for the regular season will be announced in the coming weeks. They got time. They decided to make this knockout tournament month, so they got time to figure that all out. Um, it looks like there will be a COVID-19 testing plan. By the way, back to the NBA. I know the NBA is thinking is doing daily COVID tests. I would assume that's what we're going to get for all the other sports. Um, there. So that's what we got in soccer. How about, um, let me see our time on this podcast. We are, I don't know where we are in the podcast. It doesn't give me a time. So we're going to go, we're just going to go right into the food of the week. Yes. So this is Sports Bar Talk. We've talked the sports purse. We've gone through the sports talk portion of the sports talk. Let's move on to the bar talk. Now, we're not going to be talking about alcohol because I'm not 21 yet. I'm sorry. If you want to talk about beer and whatnot, you can hit my father up on Twitter. Um, we're going to talk about food, though. And I did tease that people, that if you're listening to this from the Philadelphia area, you're going to want to hear our first ever food of the week. It is, drum roll, a Philly cheesesteak. Yes, I love it. Lots of meat, cheese whiz, mm, some fried onions maybe. Oh, so good on that nice Philly style roll. Oh, so beautiful. Oh, one of the greatest foods that I only discovered two years ago. I don't know why I waited till I was like 16 or 17 to fall in love with Philly cheesesteaks. But I made some the other night with my dad, and man, did it taste like a Philly cheesesteak. It tasted like almost Pat's King of Steaks out there in Philly, or potentially the Blue Gray, which is a great restaurant I'd highly recommend if you're ever in the Gettysburg, PA area. It's a, they, they're a bar and grill, but they're a lot like a sports bar, even though the owner there lost to my dad in Dancing with the Local Stars. They still got great food. Great place to catch a game. Whether it's the World Series Game 7. They got Sunday ticket on Sundays for the NFL. It's a lot of fun. Um, other places that I love to get a Philly cheesesteak from. In Philly, in the Philly area, I like Pat's. Uh, there's always the debate between Pat's and Geno's. I prefer Pat's any day of the week. Because they their steak is actually more grounded up and crumbled. I like the steak crumbled. Most Philly cheesesteaks are like that. Blue Gray is like that. Pat's is like that. Gino's with this right across the street from Pat's is not. So, I have to go with Pat's. That's how I like my... If you want to send me Philly cheesesteak, you can send it my way. I'll let you get in talk with the podcast production crew. Which is consistent of my mother. I'm getting FaceTimed. I'm going to have to decline that. Uh, we are going to wrap up the first episode. I think everyone for tuning in tune in next week when we drop our next episode and until next time we'll see you on sports ball talk we got the best seat in the house